Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now the little island of toddy is a completely isolated community a hundred miles from the mainland a hundred miles from the nearest cinema or dance hall. Oh, but the islanders know how to enjoy themselves. They have all that they need. Fuck. <gasps> me and nobody else. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Because they don't know a bloody thing about me. I must apologize, thank you. Not thank at you all, I'm sure. <laughs> well, dear Miss Page, if I accept an invitation to a party, I do not expect to find myself at an audition. What is the play and what is my part? I'm sorry, sir, but I'm unable to be of assistance in this matter. Our duty is to the soldiers who died fighting in Algeria, and to the three million French citizens who have always lived there. I've been in service for the last 13 years, sir. The last few years, I acted as a personal manservant to various members of the peerage. I could love a man like you, Peter. I love you, June. Your life, and I'm leaving you. Where do you live? On the station? No, in a big country house about five miles from here. Lee Woodhouse. Old house? Yes, very old. God, I'll be a ghost and come and see you. You're not frightened of ghosts, are you? It'll be awful if you were. I'm not frightened. Ginger bit. Just ginger beer and ice cream. I'm still a little girl, remember? As strange as it may seem to you, nobody wants the money back. I wouldn't be seeing Dad in there. The dead grotty. Two heavy units and two TPs. Thank you. 
Too heavy, too deep, sir. What's it all about, Alfie? Is it just for the moment we live? What's it all about when you sort it out, Alfie? Are we meant to take more than we give? Or are we meant to be kind? And if only fools are kind, I'll be. Then I guess it is wise to be cruel. It's a big picture now. Here we go. No more laughter. Prepare for tears. Welcome to the third annual British Something Something Awards Rankings Handouts. Enjoy, and now your hosts, Brendan and Jason. Fact check on that. I don't think it's our third annual because that's yearly. You know what? Maybe We've redefined months. annual. What's what, what's every a, a quintessential? Maybe like every twenty years. I don't know. I don't like 20. the way you. Uh, I don't like the way you question things on the show well that's my job brendan i'm here to keep you in line and to keep the folks informed jason it's a very special night it is or morning or afternoon whenever it you're is, listening to this it is always evening where we are yeah yeah we live in alaska that's right <laughs> land of what 24 hour evening <laughs> yeah um, that's why we always are drinking martinis at all hours of the day that's right we our bodies are Shutting down. Hey, so before that happens, we need to tell you about the last 20 movies that we have discussed here on this podcast called For Screen and Country. That was fun doing it the other way. That's right. That's what I try to tell my girlfriend. But she's ah, like, ah, <laughs> this guy. But I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. And normally on this podcast, we talk about movies on the British Film Institute Top 100 British Films of All Time list. Uh, but every time we reach our new plateau, Jason, every 20 movies that we cover, we like to go back, give our rankings, give out some awards. Uh, I, I know the producers of these movies, if any of them are alive, yeah. are waiting right now with bated breath. <laughs> breath. They are just... There, 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 is a, there is a nursing home somewhere in North London right now that is a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Powell's granddaughter has her fingers crossed. Yep. <laughs> I, I can see it all happening right now. Um <laughs> But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna do some awards, some rankings, some fun. Yeah, uh, we'll announce uh, next week's movie. We'll do our dice roll. So let's do this, Jason. Let's get into it. Let's do, get into it. Uh, I don't know who created that lovely montage at the beginning, but thank you. Yes, thank you to that person and the many hours that you put into it. Uh, <laughs> you are clearly a person of wealth and substance, unlike Brendan, who is a worthless person. Dirt poor. Dirt poor. Smelly. He's got a beard. I mean. Several allegations against me of yeah. varying degrees. Oh, the, the, nothing we, we should want to discuss on here, but uh, uh, whoever did that montage, though, is a pillar of humanity. Yeah, thank God for yeah. him or her. That's right. Okay, well, Jason, it's time to give out some awards. So before we rank these movies, because I think we should save that for the end. Well, yeah, obviously. Before We're we not going to blow our wad in the first 30 seconds, Brendan. Are you, what are you, 14? We're going to do this right. I, I, you know, now I've got a horrible image of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's blowing my wire away at 14. Um, so we're going to give out some awards. And the first award we are going to give out, and keep in mind, Jason and I have different winners here. Awards. <laughs> Thank you. 
The first award is the Sean Connery It Was a Different Time Award. Long-standing, legendary award here on for Screen and Country, and uh, an award that is near and dear to our hearts as we watch these movies and inadvertently laugh at them for their timeless use of various tropes and or characters and sexism, uh, approaches racism. to roles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I mean, again, this could be like sexism, racism, anything that just does not age See, so well. This this one, I didn't have one that stood out to me quite as strongly as um, usual. Uh, well, as as like Esmond Knight in uh, Saint Trinian's Black Narcissist. Black Narcissist, right? Oh no, wait! I know who you're talking about. Uh, was that no? I, At think the very were, I think it was Black Narcissist. Yeah, but there's another character in there, Saint Trinian's. There is Trinian's yeah, in Saint Trinian's also the, the, also the Sultan of Akyad or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, I think I would have to say, well, I, I had two nominees in this category. Okay. Um, the the runner up, I would say, would be the lady or the lady ordering like or the lady telling James Fox in uh, the servant to confine her servant to quarters. Like the idea of of confining your like employee to their quarters and not letting them out. Like today, that is just completely that that's kidnapping. That's like forcible confinement. You, that's illegal. You would get in so much trouble for that. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, that was a common thought. So that's changed. But I would say that uh, the the Sean Connery, it was a different time award, on my part, goes to about 75% of Alfie. That's my winner, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I really like that movie. It's um, not that Alfie couldn't be made today. It's yeah. Alfie would have to be a, a less likable character overall, I think. I think he would just have to get a worse comeuppance. Yes, that too, for um, sure. Because I don't think he's likable in Alfie at all. Yeah. I think they, I think they toyed that really well. But he is well. kind of because he's Michael Caine, and and he just has that charming like you. you I think I, you can uh, see what what women see in him because he's got that happy go lucky kind of attitude. But obviously, we don't like him because we know yeah. we, we see his actions. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think they contrast his persona with his actions. But I, I feel like maybe his likability comes through a little too strongly in that <laughs> one sometimes. I, I had a feeling we would both yeah. have this. As a <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a new category this year, Jason. We have a best and now for something completely similar. Yes, So absolutely. the best movie we did on our, and this is only in the, obviously during the last like yes. 20 episodes, but the best, uh, our favorite movie that we did as part of and now for something completely similar. I will tell you one movie that came close for me yes. was The Rainbow. And yes. I can't believe I'm saying this. I know, this. it's crazy for, for a movie that is like a, a sequel to a movie you didn't like. At all. At all. Well, um, well I mean half. I thought you just straight up hated it. I love. didn't like it at all, but that's because I hate Hated the second half. Okay, fair the enough. first half was like, eh. yeah. yeah, I know the the rainbow was, was a bit of a surprise. It was yeah. it was yeah so entertaining for a movie that we had so little expectations of. But well, to, uh, do you have any like any ones that you almost almost picked here, or do you want to just go right into your winner? I'll just go right into my winners here. Okay, well my winner was blowout. Blowout. Oh, um, oh, you mean like almost? So I do have two nominees. Oh, and sorry. Well, yeah. there you go. My winner's blowout. Your winner's blowout. <laughs> uh, my two nominees were uh, Paddington Two because okay. it was really oh, good. Oh, I guess that. Oh, I didn't count Brit um, picks. That's why. Oh, was that a Brit pick? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess then I picked two Brit picks anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. And the other one was the girl with all the gifts, which was also a Brit pick. Okay. But uh, yes, my mine is also blowout. Blowout okay. was fantastic. Uh, I liked it even better than Blow Up, and uh, just a really good movie. Which I'm surprised. I don't think that is universally the case. I don't think that that movie is universally accepted as a good movie. No, I've it is. Different opinions about it. I, I mean, I was. Go- I went on like I. Ch- I mean, I checked like Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. like the it. Ha- it was it's certified fresh and everything. Like, I think I just. I think what I'm thinking is I read somebody on Twitter was like I didn't really like that movie and I was like how could you not? <laughs> 
Yeah. But yes, Blowout for sure was our best uh, now for something completely similar. I mean, we had some interesting takes, like the, the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man was fun. It was an interesting take on a, on a good movie. And of course, Lawrence after Arabia came Ugh. close. Oh. Almost winning. Bet is superior to the original film oh. in every single conceivable way. Gun to your head. What do you watch? Lawrence after Arabia or The English Patient? I mean, solely because it's shorter, Lawrence after... Mm, I don't know though because feels... the English Patient is a is a better made movie too. It is, and Lawrence, it's a prettier movie. Lawrence feels like a three hour. And movie. you'll have that one moment of laughter when he does the fish hook, of course. I you know because I, I, I don't think there's any moments of laughter in Lawrence after it rained. No, I, you know what I you, mm. you convinced me. I think yeah, I might I think, go with English Patient. Yeah, I, I didn't think I would say English Patient going into that argument, but now I've also convinced <laughs> myself. You convinced <laughs> yourself. Oh, poor fuck. Ray Fiennes being stuck at two of our most hated. Uh, disliked movies yeah the poor guy marvel's the Avengers. he's better than th- and the avengers too so three he's yeah. he's so much better than that i mean i'm just glad chris hemsworth replaced him as thor though honestly yeah <laughs> um god this guy loves that joke <laughs> can't help it jason anytime i get a chance uh our next category is best animal performance i don't remember many animal performances so my my answer was uh, that horse that was hanging around and uh, fires were started <laughs> I've got some nominees here. Oh, okay, good, good. Please. I, I've got, oh, wait, the dog. The dog in fucking... Was it Brassed Off? No. Um, the one with Clive Owen. Oh, that was one of the St. Trinian's movies. <laughs> that was the St. Trinian's 2, I think. Or no, oh 1. Where he kicks the dog after it and he oh, kills it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's that. Well, that is not eligible. <laughs> that's not eligible, unfortunately. No, my, my nominees were Susie from Genevieve, the big St. Bernard. Oh, yes, Susie. I forgot about Susie. The adorable little dog in Alfie. Yeah, doggy. And the parrot, who we later learned was voiced by Peter Sellers in The Lady Killers. <laughs> and my winner i i gave it to the cute dog and alfie oh yeah well that dog was going to get some tail he's adorable yeah and he had a nice like they had a nice like uh metaphorical moment at the yeah, end absolutely what's our next category jason you, well our next category is best musical moment uh and i was a little more broad with that because i couldn't think of a specific musical moments so maybe you had something in mind i have a bunch here uh my runner-up was uh the weird vangelis score to chariots of fire oh the one that they didn't pick uh uh or just no, the, no oh, the just, score just the score in general okay, just okay. it, it uh, being such a weird choice but but surprisingly effective for what they were going for Oh, and also, uh, runner-up musical moment, just singing along to A Hard Day's Night with my wife as we watched it, which was a lot of fun. That's true. Because I mean, we knew most of those songs. But, Brendan, for a musical moment, winner, my pick, is the entire soundtrack to A Matter of Life and Death, which oh. was a, a wonderfully weird and uh, so appropriate for the film, and my hat is, is off to that uh, soundtrack. Oh, I like that. That's a great, that's a great pick. Yeah, um, I thought so. I, I agree with Please your... compliment me more, Brendan. <laughs> I agree with your nominees. Yes. I wrote down other ones, but having heard mm. yours, I'm like, oh yeah, they're up there too. Um, but I also wrote down the opening theme, which we heard earlier from the from the Long Good Friday. Yep. Uh, I wrote the, I mean, the Alfie theme. Yes. Well, Love Because I mean, you can't theme. stop singing it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> What's it all about? Mm-hmm. Um, the music in the ballet sequence in the Red Shoes. Yes, that, that was very fantastic, cool. Fantastic, like 15-minute... Oh. One of the, I think that's one of my favorite scenes in any of the movies we covered. It's just amazing. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the music that we found was connected to a certain Eric Carmen song, All By Myself, in Brief Encounter. Remember we found out that that was like the same... Oh, the all by myself. As like the, well, because that's a classical music piece, but that's used both places. Oh, okay. Um, 
And and my other nominee was uh, when they start singing Moa Meadow and fires were started. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, that one. was cool. But my winner is the all by myself moment in Brief Encounter. Nice. I, I anything I can give to that movie. <laughs> yeah, Brief Encounter is wonderful. Yep. Another movie that I didn't think was going to be bad. Yeah, no, absolutely but, not. Given its ranking on the list, we thought this thing's got to be pretty good, but but like, whew. didn't think it was going to be quite as good as it was. And I should have known. You know, you see David Lean's name. And you got to know yeah. you're getting something at least passable. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. All right, our next our next category, Jason, is the best line. And I actually didn't write down a lot of no- any nominees here. So if you have some, go. I right do ahead. absolutely. So okay. uh, uh, the runner-ups uh, in this category, just because it 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 just kind of, I guess, distills down the movie into a very short line is when the when the dude in Saturday Night and Sunday Morning, I think Albert Finney's character is asked, "What's all the fighting got you?" Like that is the that's like the whole movie to me is like yeah. just figuring out why is this guy so angry what has it got you so that's, that stuck out to me. So when somebody asks asks him, uh, I think somebody says says it to him. I forget who okay. it was, but that move line was in my notes and stuck out to me. Um, basically, Bob Hoskins in the entirety of The Long Good Friday. Just I love him. I love his voice. I love the things he says. He says them in such an interesting way. The dialogue is so good. I couldn't even point to something specific. And then uh, my last nominee. Uh, is in Brassed Off, and it's more of an exchange where he goes, uh, want to come for a coffee? And Or she says, want to come for a coffee? He says, I don't drink coffee. She says, I don't have any. <laughs> right. I do like that. One of those, one of the great, like, uh, we're going to go fuck lines in, yeah. in history. But to me, the best line, again, that, that so, it was, it's actually two lines I couldn't choose, but okay. um, best lines are from Whiskey Galore. Both? Uh, both. Oh. Uh, any man who stands between us and whiskey is an enemy. <laughs> it's very definitive of the movie. And then this is just a great life uh, quote. It's a known fact that some men are born two drinks below par. <laughs> I do like that too. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I, I picked a line that doesn't sound like anything crazy unless under, like in context, it mm-hmm. sounds like a, a great line when you know the movie and you've seen the movie. But I picked a line from Alfie. Where uh, Ruby Shelley Winters said when when asked why she's shacking up with this other guy yeah. when Alfie comes over she just simply says he's younger than you yeah <laughs> because he's looking for this if you remember he's looking for this deep philosoph- philosophical meaning and he thinks he finds it in this older woman finally like yeah. he's been chasing after these housewives and younger women and whatever and he finds this older woman she seems so smart she seems so together he thinks he finally has it. But he finds that she's very similar to him. Absolutely. And she just like, th- th- that's something he would say to a girl if they yeah. caught him with another girl. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Just very matter of fact. Well, she's younger, younger than, you. than you. She's hotter than you. Mm. Sorry, bitch. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Not my you. words, Michael Caine's <laughs> words. Um, okay, next category, Jason. Similar to the Sean Connery Award. Oh, this is our most blatant racism category. And this one, again, nothing jumped out at me in the Not same a lot. way. Not yeah. a whole lot. Um, I have two entries, a runner-up and a winner. Uh, if you can consider it a winner in this category. <laughs> uh, the runner-up is the the jaw-dropping white privilege displayed in Genevieve as our heroes interact with the police. And the police give them so much rope <laughs> to hang themselves with. It, it's just like, you know, like blasting along the highway. Oh, no, you guys, you got to slow it down. And it's like, oh, you guys can't keep doing this. And then the last one, oh, if you do it one more time, we're going to get you. And then they do it again. It's like, oh, you guys. <laughs> They get away with it. Nobody gets fined. Nobody goes to jail for blatantly illegal acts, and it's all because they're white people. Nobody gets hit with a nightstick. That's right. But I think the most blatant racism that we saw displayed across any of these films was the segregation of the uh, black (laughs) military population in in the afterlife, which I did not think was appropriate. It's like, come on, they're in the afterlife. They can't mix in the afterlife. I will still argue that everyone was separated. (sighs) 
Well, there shouldn't be that separate. We don't need that kind of cat. Why does heaven have to label us? There comes a time when we must heed a certain call. It's like and the, the bureaucracy of heaven has to label everybody very specifically. Black soldier, you go into that group. <laughs> White soldier, who but who is a combat soldier, you go to this group. White soldier is a medical soldier, you go to this group. White woman soldier, auxiliary girl, you go to this group with the white soldier auxiliary girls. I will say, um, if I had gone any further with that song, um, it would have just been the SNL parody because I don't know the actual words. <laughs> I know many songs are like that for me. I know the Weird Al, but not the actual song. <laughs> yeah, I could sing you uh, uh, Amish Paradise all day and all yeah. night. I can only I sing you some of Gangsters Paradise. Yeah, only a little bit. <laughs> Uh, okay, so our next category. Wait, did you, oh, did you not? No, have I did not. Yeah, did you gotta not have something for this. Okay, okay. I I know I have two nominees and then a winner. Okay. Uh, well, two nominees. A, I should say three nominees total. One of them is a winner. I got gotcha. you. That's how the Academy works. Yes. Um, some of the things that Bob Hoskins says in the Long Good Friday. Yeah. Although I mean that's to be expected with a character like him. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Um, the comment in a hard day's night where someone says Ringo's like a little aborigine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And my winner, Jason, yeah. is all the white faces. <laughs> Just all the white faces yeah, in general. There's a lot. Like when we saw hard day's night, did we see one single person of color in there? No, I don't think so. And that's not the only movie. Yeah. And it's not that the people of color weren't in England in the sixties. Well, no, they only came in in 1985. <laughs> But you did not see a single... And yeah, throughout most of the movies, and of course, Jared's a fire, we see a couple of black dudes, but they don't get any lines. No. It's, it's just there in the background. It was set de- dressing. It's definitely something that I'm glad that when we eventually go to something else on mm. this podcast, we'll be able to kind of get a little more diverse. Of our, yeah, absolutely. Our I mean, and that's just... that That's the function of this list. This list was also made in 1999, maybe by people who weren't thinking with diversity in mind. A bunch or, of old white dudes. Well, because we, we... I mean, I, I'm sure recently you heard about uh, what, what happened with or the controversy at Criterion. That the... Yeah. But, but the, the CEO of the company was like, yeah, I've personally picked all these movies for the years and I get it. I get exactly why you, what you're saying because I have this bias as a white guy and this is what, you know... It's been what I've picked. It, it, I will give Criterion credit though, because on the on the streaming service, they've mm-hmm. actually been a lot better about yes. that. But on their physical end, yes, they yeah. only I think, like I said, they've released four movies with black directors out of the hundreds they've released over yeah. the years. Yeah, no, I and I think they really. I think you mentioned that he acknowledged it's it's yeah. the best. That's the best response. Yeah, they just say, yeah. to realize and be like, yeah, no, you're right. You're <laughs> because, right because he may not. He literally may not have thought about because, it until it came up. Because people take it. People take that to mean. Like to being like they're they're being accused of being racist yeah, no, immediately, no, and that's not necessarily no. what people are saying. They're just saying like you know you need to recognize your bias. Yeah, and and that's a, that's something that I've started to do more in recent years and, and understand like oh yeah like there was a time when I if there was a show on maybe that had like an all black cast I'd just be like nah it's for black people I'm not gonna watch it <laughs> I, like and and not not blatantly but just in the back of my head yeah. that would be the thing that would make me change the channel. Well, and I mean I'll tell you one thing I've been currently uh, going through this list that's like the 100 African-American movies you should watch. Yeah. And very upset with myself about how many I have never seen. Yeah, probably no more fantastic movies that you just haven't watched. Some I haven't even heard of. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I just, my mind was not open, sir. My mind was not open. Now let's move on to the most British performance. All right, President Nixon, back off. <laughs> you weren't invited. <laughs> but I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, you are dead, thankfully. And I was the classiest president. Uh, the, that is a way to describe you, absolutely. So I'm the worst president? I would, uh, well, no. You know what? Tell you what, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jetpack. <laughs> 
most British performance. I have uh, quite a few nominees. Yeah, I have a few nominees too. Um, uh, the runner-ups for this category, in- runners-up include Michael Caine and Alfie, because he's got that lovely uh, kind of Cockney accent. Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday, obviously. Okay. Again, super gangster there. Uh, James Fox in both The Servant and Remains of the Day. Yeah. He's incredibly British. I love how different these are. Uh, and, of course, Edward Fox in The Jackal. But our uh, our winner in this category is the entire cast of Chariots of Fire. There's no <laughs> doubt the most British performance because everybody is super British in that movie. And and John Gilgold, of all people, is in there, and he is, like, you know, like mega Brit. I have totally different That's wonderful. Here. That's wonderful. Um, I have Albert Finney and Saturday mm-hmm. Night and Sunday Morning. The Good quintessential choice. British kitchen sink performance. Absolutely. John Mills in Great Expectations. He is the... Um, is he the buddy? He's the father. Oh, no, that was fucking Alec Guinness. Yeah, the no, he's, he's the father. <laughs> yes, the father. Of, yes, uh, of, wonderful. Uh, Pip? Yes. Yeah, Pip. Um, I have uh, Anthony Hopkins from The Remains of the Day. The yep. most mannered... Um, British performance, I'm sorry, I guess. I don't have any further information on that. Yeah. Stanley Holloway from Brief Encounter. Yeah, Stanley Holloway. Haven't mentioned him yet. Fantastic actor. Glad to hear you mentioned. Uh, and David Niven for A Matter of Life and Death. Very British, for sure. Um, just great. My pick was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Um, I think that, that the fact that he plays that butler in The Remains of the Day, like so... The m- most like reserved British butler. Reserved, nuanced, professional, elegant, just... British throw and through. Yes. You're welcome. Wonderful. UK. Wonderful categories. We're burning through these things. Yeah. All right. Well, we get uh, best cinematography next. Mm. And I this is one where I also had a lot of nominees. So so Hard Day's Night. Yep. I think that is very uh, cool looking movie. One that gets overlooked in terms of that because there's lots of like, you know, um I mean handheld uh stuff that looks like it Almost looks like it should be sloppy, but it's really not. Like it's, you know what I mean. Like it's, mm. it's done in a very like uh, I don't know, like verite kind of way. Yeah. Um, matter of life and death, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Hope and glory, I thought had some great cinematography yeah. with the the vast like yes. bombings and yes, and the, the houses the and rubble stuff, like, and everything. Good and, set design, for yeah. Sure. Day of the Jackal, yeah. I think, was very good. It's it very was. simplistic cinematography. Cinema verite in some ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, of course, until you get to the parade at the end, mm-hmm. and then it kind of changes its scope. Um, the Red Shoes, obviously got to include every Powell and Pressburger yeah. here. Uh, Shakespeare in Love, yes. I would put on that list. Um, and Great Expectations, because David Lean, just beautiful. Um, but my winner, Jason. Yes. Was the red shoes really? I think the cinematography and that, and it was close. It was between both Powell and Pressburger movies. Um, Understandable. And I, I I can't the ballet sequence. I can't not award that one. Well, my category includes two nominees and three films. Uh, okay. So we have Jack Carter for the red shoes, runner runner up, beautiful movie, one of the one of the great looking movies on our list. I'm an um, asshole. I should have named the person's names. Uh, we've got David Watkin for Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Because that movie is so beautiful. Uh, whatever problems I might have had with the movie, you can't deny it is so well shot. And, and the vistas and everything, it's beautiful. But, of course, best cinematography has to go to Jack Cardiff for A Matter of Life and Death. I love yeah. everything about that movie and how it looks is one of the best things about it. You know what? And and we both gave it to Jack Cardiff. Yeah. Because he also did the red shoes. He yeah, was I mean, the man was a genius cinematographer. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's so good. Jason, now we're moving up into the big categories. We're getting some big ones here. Yeah. Sorry, you little people who won the other awards. <laughs> uh, we have best director. 
Best director. Let's this go is over a... some nominees here because this is a tough. This is a category where I just wanted to write so many names. Yeah, you wanted to write twenty fucking names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Henry Cornelius, <laughs> but um, I did have quite a few. Um, let's go back and forth here. Let's talk about some nominees here. Well, I've only got three total. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll see if so I you have go them. through yours first. Oh, you or, go or ahead. I'll go through. Okay. Yeah, so my runners up for best director. Mm-hmm. Fred Zinneman for Day of the Jackal. I didn't have that, but that's a great wonderful. choice. Uh, he's a great director. Uh, uh, our, our old friend David Lean for Brief Encounter, of course. I had him for, for both. Both of those are great movies, but uh, again, I can't help but give this to Best Director to Palin Pressburger for A Matter of Life and Death. Um, I al- So David Lean, obviously, and uh, I also said, I also added some other nominees here. I think Bill Forsyth, Gregory's Girl, does a great job. I love that, like, the use of non-actors. Mm-hmm. I love their performances yes. because directors shape that. Let's just, like, put that out there. Um, just the use of, like, landscapes. Uh, Richard Lester in A Hard Day's Night for almost the same reason as the cinematography. Plus, mm-hmm. I think the Beatles' performances are as good as they could have possibly been. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Their, their performances are as much as, like, to think of, like, just some band being, I mean, I know it's the Beatles, but, like, you think of, like, any random band of dudes being shoved into a movie, like, it might have ended up, like, the fucking, uh, uh, that Clint Eastwood movie we were r- ripping on, but instead it ended oh, yeah. up, uh, 1570 310 to Yuma, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, right. Yeah, 310 to Yuma starring the real people yeah. the, the, the from real, the 1800s. The real dusty skeletons in the movie. <laughs> what, Clint Eastwood's in it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah. But yes, they, they did a fantastic job given that they weren't actors. Yeah. Um, I also said John Borman for Hope and Glory. Again, similar to the cinematography, but also because he has a multitude of child actors that come off convincing, mm-hmm. which is a tough thing. Um, I actually went with... A, there's a Dark Horse nominee here, too. I, uh, Mark Herman for Brassed Off. Yes. Because I think some of those scenes... like It seems like a pretty straightforward movie, but some of those scenes, like those, those transitions between... Um, like we heard in the montage at the beginning... The music that she's playing, uh, uh, I don't remember her name in the movie, I apologize, but the movie that she's playing and that one scene where they're cutting back and forth between that and the meetings regarding the mines being shut down, mm-hmm. like that stuff's great. Yeah. I, I think, uh, and, and the acting is a lot of fun. Um, and Lewis Gilbert for Alfie. Yes. The talking to the camera stuff is great. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And the fact it. that the movie kicks off and he makes specific reference to the fact, you think there's going to be credits. I doubt you. It is not. <laughs> and I mean, he directs Michael Caine's performance, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. My winner, though, Jason, we're in the same boat. Powell and Pressburger. Yeah. And I know I award them that for both movies. The Red yeah. Shoes and A Matter of Life. Oh, and Death. combined just, award. Just wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful directing and great actors, great character performances. Just everything just works. Wonderful. Time for some acting awards, Jason. Acting. I'm glad we got more. I mean, I think, I mean, as, as far as I wrote down here, I had quite a few for the next one, which is Best Supporting Actress. Yes. Again, I, I had uh, two runners up and a winner here. So okay. Give us, our, give us our runners up before we get to the runners runner. up. Uh, uh, Judy Dench, of course, fantastic in this movie. She's only on screen for about 10 minutes, but you can't take your eyes off her. She's wonderful. I agree. Uh, uh, my next runner-up, uh, Helen Mirren in uh, The Long Good Friday. Mm. As uh, it was a 
Bob Hoskins uh, lady? Yes. Yeah. Now, before you announce your winner, let me do some nominees here, sure. too. I also had Helen Mirren as a nominee. Yep. My Another nominee I had was Martita Hunt in The Great Expectations. Uh, the, the Great, great Expectations. expectations. Yeah, Martita the, Hunt. Like the, the Predators reading. <laughs> great Expectations. <laughs> she she played uh, Miss Havisham. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, yeah I thought good. she was great. Uh, Sarah Miles. And, uh, Sarah Miles, I have nominated twice here, Jason. I have her nominated for uh, Hope and Glory. She was the mother. Mm-hmm. And I also have her nominated as Vera in The Servant, the one who, like, seduces uh, James Fox? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kay Kendall as Rosalind in Genevieve, the Dean, Ambr- <laughs> Dean Ambrose's uh, uh, girl. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Allison Forster in Gregory's Girl, the young, the yeah. young girl, his sister. Uh, Delphine Sarig in The Day of the Jackal. She is... Um, the girl that's in the bathroom. The girl who uh, eventually is, um, yeah. So she is the one who, yeah, eventually dies and gets like you know seduced by yeah. the jackal and everything. I just think her performance, um, kind of like you mentioned, Judy Dench, very little screen time, but she, it's a full fledged role. Like yeah. she just like complete character. Uh, and you feel I, I just remember watching her and feel really bad for her. Mm-hmm. She makes an impression. Yeah. Um, but who's your winner, Jason? My winner is Sarah Miles for The Servant. Hey, I, I saw your eyebrows <laughs> flitter when I mentioned that. That's a good choice. She was really good in that. She's that character was fascinating. Really, really the, good. The scam they were running was entertaining to me. And yeah, I enjoyed her very much in there. I am going to give this award to Allison Forster of Gregory's Girl, yeah. who played Gregory's little sister. Yeah, who's wonderful. She shows up wonderful. at that wonderful scene where the guy offers her a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I do, like, as a child performance, like, I just think she's so great. Yeah. She doesn't come off as precious. It's no. like, she is, she just is, she's just a cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> she is precious. She is. You mean, she, she is precious, but she doesn't come off as precious. You mean precocious? Well, no, like precious, like... Like based on the novel Push by yeah, Sapphire? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Absolutely. What's next, Jason? Next is supporting actor. I've got four nominees total, oh. and my runners up. Okay, let me let me give you my right. my nominees, and All we'll right. see if we match see if we match up any of these. Uh, and actually, you know what? While we're saying nominees, let's not mention the winner. Let's mention the winner after, like That's what I've been doing. as not part of the nominees. That's what I've been doing. As of what's your okay? I'll start doing that too. One of my my first nominee is Ben Affleck from Shakespeare in Love. Yep. I thought he's great, he especially you don't expect him to be, uh, but he kills it. No, he uh, does, absolutely. Anton Walbrook from The Red Shoes, he is the um, the producer, I guess, the guy running the show. The mustache guy. Yeah. The guy we hear in the montage. Who breaks the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's wonderful. Uh, Peter Vaughn in The Remains of the Day, who plays Anthony Hopkins' father. Yes. Uh, he has he's some, very, Yeah, he's very good. Our old friend from Zulu Dawn and uh, later uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, he's great. I, and... Uh, James Fox in The Remains of the Day. Yep. Uh, plays, you know, of course, the uh, the, the rich guy yep. with Nazi sympathies. Yes. Uh, but does it in a way where Germany you... Germany only wants peace. And, but does it in a way where you kind of feel sorry for him yeah, more well, than you where, do where think you he's see, evil? He's not necessarily a Nazi. He's a guy committed to peace and he saw what happened in the last war and he and he, and he feels a brethren to Germany as a, as a country. He but, buys into it. But then he starts buying into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wilford Bramble in A Hard Day's Night, who plays Paul McCartney's yes. grandfather. <laughs> Love him. And my final nominee before Jason announces his and we announce our winners is Marius Goring in A Matter of Life and Death, who All plays right. the angel. He's great. Yep. 
So my nominees from the bottom, uh, my no- before I won't announce the winner until the end. Okay. Uh, so my nominees are James Fox for Remains of the Day. Again, fantastic performance. Loved yeah. it very much. Ben Affleck in Shakespeare yeah. in Love. Really funny, really enjoyable. It's cool seeing him doing something different and like that. not a bad accent. Oh, no, not a bad accent at all. Uh, and, of course, Michael Lonsdale uh, in The Jackal Ooh, as the, jackal, the yeah. French or Belgian, I don't know, is he like Poirot? He's, he's French. Great. He's going after the jackal. Very quiet performance. Him. Very quiet performance. And, of course, Michael Lonsdale was also in, what was the other movie? He was played The Ambassador. What movie was that? Where he had to wash his feet. <laughs> oh, Remains of the Day. Oh, was it Remains of the Day? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there can only be one winner, Brendan. Mm-hmm. And my winner, number one with a bullet. Marius Goring for A Matter of Life and Death. Ah, okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that his performance was so good. He was so, like, just weird and interesting yeah. and, and just otherworldly, which is the kind of thing you want for an angel, and I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> I, I like that, that line, which is the kind of thing you want for yeah. an angel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, my winner is Stephen Tompkinson from Brast Off. He is the gentleman who uh, we have that. Remember, we had that scene we discussed a lot where he was in full clown costume. And oh hanging. yeah, him. Yes, absolutely. I that is a fantastic scene. I didn't even think great. of him. Great. Yes, yeah. he was great. Props to Stephen Tom- Tompkins. Um, yeah, Tompkins. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was before I watched that movie. That's yeah. the other thing. Um, just like amazing to take to take some of the material in that movie and just. I don't know. He's like the most well-rounded character in that movie. And I just, I followed his journey a lot. And that scene again, where I mentioned where he's in full clown makeup and, and trying to hang himself. It's like, it's, I didn't know. It's crazy, but it's real too. Yeah. And you're like, do I laugh? Like, exactly. It's kind of funny, but it's also super dark. And ultimately it's that contrast of the clown with the suicide. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Stephen Tompkinson, I think. Yeah. Lead actress. Very nice. Now, uh, so for my nominees, I considered Sarah Miles and Opal Glory elite actress, and so I nominated oh, her. Controversy. And I also nominated Emma Thompson for Remains of the Day because she was great in that movie, and she deserves a shout-out because she's great in just about everything she's in. Okay. Those I, are my I, nominees. Yeah. All right. Well, my nominees uh, include Gwyneth Paltrow in Shakespeare mm-hmm. in Love. I think she's great in that movie. I think she does a pretty good British accent. Yeah. Uh, she's charming. You know, goop be damned. Yep. I think she's good in that movie. You don't uh, have to like an actor to think they're good. Katie Johnson in The Lady Killers. She's the old lady. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, totally forgot yeah. about her. She's uh, Should have put her on my list. Okay. Well, there you go. Proactively adding her as yeah. a nominee. <laughs> uh, no, she's great. She's just like, you know, very old lady. She's charming. She's the perfect and she's... amount of old lady in that movie to play off the silliness that those guys are projecting. Exactly. Uh, Celia Johnson from Brief Encounter, the obviously the lead, leading lady in that movie. Um uh, and, and Kim Hunter for A Matter of Life and Death yep. I thought was really great and really believable and again I go back to what I said about like when she's going through that scene where um, she doesn't believe him but she's also just more concerned Yeah, she has that look on her face and I'm just like that's acting that yeah. is beautiful so Bam, and, yes. and an American just coming in and yeah, killing another, it another person I probably should have nominated Kim Hunter but, <laughs> but uh, an American coming yeah. in and killing it in a British film exactly showing him how it's done yeah right? yeah, yeah. USA, USA USA <laughs> <laughs> cancel us right now alright who's your winner Jason my winner of course is Ms. Celia Johnson for Brief Encounter who was absolutely 100% fantastic believable like like a movie that so could have been a saccharine mess ended up being a fucking classic and yeah. it's thanks to her i i 
I'm totally and partially David Lean, but mostly her. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, my winner is Emma Thompson there from uh, The Remains of the Day. Because I know you love Emma Thompson. I love Emma Thompson. <laughs> she's so good in that. She's so she it's it's like a subtle performance, and and she's funny and charming, and it's just like her and Anthony Hopkins have amazing chemistry. They do. They do. They work um, very well together. And it, it, when I first heard about this movie too, I thought like. Oh, the age difference is a little weird, but it never felt weird. Mm. Like throughout the movie, I was never like, "Ugh," you know yeah. what I mean? No, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, good choice, Jason. I will warn you: this next category, I couldn't write a winner down yet. So maybe you'll have to convince me here. Let's, well, I, I have picked a winner definitively. Let's go through some nominees sure. for our final category before we get to our rankings. All right, well, lead if you want to go through your nominees, then you can think about it. Okay, I'll and, go through uh, my nominees. What I have for lead actor? Um, I have Dirk Bogard for The Servant, mm-hmm. who I considered the lead. Um, yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah More so than James Fox, even. Conniving, kind of. Although I might even consider the two of them co-leads. It's a hard... I uh, think that's fair. Um, although I did already nominate James... Oh, no, that was for Remains of the Day. Never mind. <laughs> I, I, uh, I nominated Edward Fox for The Day of the Jackal. Mm-hmm. Very cold, calculating yeah, performance. Badass. Um, but really good. Anthony Hopkins, obviously, for The Remains of the mm-hmm. Day. Uh, Michael Caine and Alfie. Michael Caine. Just carry it and the movie's his yeah. Alec Guinness and the lady killers mm-hmm. uh, I know I know you weren't wild on the movie but, but I he think was good he was very he, good he really embodies that Alistair Sim-esque performance and I mean yeah and it was supposed to be him yeah, right so, so. <laughs> uh Albert Finney and Saturday Night and yes, Sunday Morning also very good just doing that angry young man thing so well Bob Hoskins and the Long Good mm-hmm. Friday is my other nominee um closing scene alone yeah so I'm going to look at these while you talk because I don't know. So uh, your my, my nominees are, are among, uh, I think, yours. So we got Bob Hoskins, of course, for The Long Good Friday. Wonderful performance. And that end scene, like you say, is one of the greatest ever filmed. Uh, Michael Caine and Alfie, such a character, such an interesting like performance and a guy that you love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> but also sort of like, but, but probably shouldn't. <laughs> uh, David Niven, of course, for A Matter of Life and Death. Wonderful, wonderful performance. Just so jo- jaunty and jolly and, and, and what-ho. I love it. Uh, but after all is said and done, absolutely lead actor, number one with a bullet. Ha- again, another number one with a bullet. Has to go to Edward Fox for the day of the jackal. Okay. I loved his performance. I loved everything he did in that movie. That man is, and that's all, of course, partially influenced by his other body of work and other movies we've seen him in. I mean, maybe it's also recognition. I think I probably gave the best sporting actor to him for Gandhi in the last run. <laughs> I think so. I yeah. think we both might've. Yeah. Cause he's so good in that movie. But yeah. man, he is so good in that movie. Just so British. So perfect. Check it out. People are screaming into their headsets right now, or into their phones right now, being like, "No, you did, Brandon. You came into this person." <laughs> I probably did. I don't remember. It's um, a long time ago. All right, I think it made my decision. Mm-hmm. Because for the sole reason that he is carrying this entire movie on his back, yes, and it's a great movie. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's not, but this is his movie. I have to give the award to the. Oh, I guess not the only living actor. One of the few living actors on this list, Michael Caine for Michael Alfie. Caine for I have to. I have to. I understand that. I was, okay, I was very torn between Michael Caine, Anthony Hopkins, and Bob Hoskins. Yeah. And not to say that nothing wrong with Edward Fox. No. Those are my three, like, I didn't. I don't yes. know. Um, and Bob Hoskins, I would argue, is amazing in that movie. Oh. But that last scene yeah. is is 
perfect. One of the best acting displays I've ever seen. The rest of the movie, he's great. But I think because that last scene sticks out so much, I was looking for. I was like, okay, no, he's out because I got to find something more like consistently. And if you'll remember, board. of course, we both got a little bit of a thrill in the gentleman when they call back to that last scene. Yeah. Uh, of course, it doesn't end quite the same. <laughs> and it's not for as long. No. <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey, I'm sorry, you're no Bob. Hoskins. You know Bob Hoskins, <laughs> but you wouldn't have done well in the Super Mario Bros. movie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Hey, I'm Mario. I <laughs> would have fixed your pipes. I would have watched it. <laughs> of course you would. Well, there you go, Jason. So that's the categories out of the way. That's what we think about the individual performances and moments and all that fun stuff. But now it's time for Brendan to dig out the whiteboard as we prepare a visual aid for ourselves and no one else. We might even put a picture of it on Twitter. Who knows? All right, Jason. So we're starting from the bottom. Now we're here. Do not look at my answers. Will not. Number 20. Number 20. The bottom of the list. and Bottom of the barrel. Let's just keep in mind right now. <laughs> I just want to say this right at the top. I don't think there were any movies that I didn't like this time. The, the, these 20? Yeah, no, there's, there's none that I hate. Nothing that I flat out disliked. Yeah. Um, but number 20 for me, maybe controversial, Whiskey Galore. Whiskey Galore. Entertaining enough. Yeah, like it's fine. My number 20 for the same reason, uh, The Lady Killers. Uh, I figured... I really, really appreciated Alec Guinness's performance and uh, what's her face? The lady, what was her name? The lady who was killered? Yeah, the the old lady. She was also really funny, but I felt like most of it, like especially Peter Sellers, wasn't used well. And to be fair, that was before he was famous, but... How dare you? I just was kind of bored by it, unfortunately. I don't hate it, but was kind of bored by it. Fair enough. My number 19 is the um, innovative, but, you know, again... Pretty good. It's yeah. fine. Uh, fires were started. Mm-hmm. Understood. A fine piece of propaganda, if there ever was were. If there ever was were. <laughs> if there ever was were, it'd be probably good. Fire You've been start. drinking. Number 19 for Jason. I like this movie's look, but I found it quite boring overall. Uh, the Red Shoes. You motherfucker. Like I say, beautiful movie. Just... Not not for me. Number 18 for me was another movie that was a fine ride. Mm-hmm. Genevieve. A fine little a fine little uh, drive down the road. Genevieve. It paved the way for the cannonball run. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. My next one is Shakespeare in Love. A perfectly oh. enjoyable fan love letter to Shakespeare. But surprisingly, as you said in the episode... Yeah, you were you had a much different opinion having yeah. actually seen it. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, having seen it now, I I acknowledge it is a pretty fun movie. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's at number eighteen on my list. Seventeen for me, and I'm actually surprised it ranked this low. I did like it, but there were so many great movies. Is Saturday Night and Sunday Morning? Yeah, that's one hundred percent understandable. That's a movie that um, it's a cool movie. It's it's very dark and. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not the most like straight up entertaining movie. Like a lot of these kitchen sinks, they're worth watching. Um, that was a lot to write. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to do it again because that's also my number seventeen movie: Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. Again, a, a good movie. Yeah, no. Anchored Albert by, Finney's performance is great. Anchored by a good performance, just a little lingering. Yeah. So you have to be in a special mood to watch some of these kitchen sinks. Number 16 for me is one that you've already picked. Lady Killers. Lady Killers. There it is, right in the right in the mix. 
So that one is uh, the second one that has appeared on both our lists now. Yes. Uh, my next one, Fires Were Started. Oh, at 16. Yep. Okay. I like what it was doing. I like the purpose of it. And uh, it is a, a good piece of history for anybody to see, even if it's not the like most rollicking 65 minutes you'll ever experience. But they do sing Moa Meadow. They do, and it's lovely. Look how li- good that handwriting is. That's some is. fine handwriting. Jesus. All right. My number 15 was a movie we just covered last week, Chariots of Fire. Do, 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 do. And along with that, my next one is Genevieve. 15 for 15 you is Genevieve. Genevieve. Uh, it was, you know, it's a fun little trip. It's a fun little trip into the country. Or to Brighton, I guess. I don't think Brighton's technically the country. It's a city. But <laughs> it's a country compared to London, the metropolis, metro, metrop, metropolis. It's a, it's a, it, uh, it's a movie about a car. It's the country compared to the metropolis of London. Brighton. Alright. Alright, next one. 14. My number 14 pick is one that you've already put on your list here. And it is Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love. Your favorite spank bank. <laughs> Nothing turns Brendan on more than the idea of, an, of a 500-year dead writer in love. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's boobies are in it. Ooh, yeah. Boobies. I haven't forgotten. You won't forget. Uh, and I also won't forget my number 15 movie. 14. 14 movie, Chariots of Fire. Ah, very close. With its beautiful look, its crazy soundtrack, and its weird, nostalgic dream of a movie. I don't necessarily like it as, like like it so much, but there's just something about it. Like, like as a movie, it's not my favorite, but as a piece, it is something cool. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's not what we feared. It's not English patient. No. Considering that it's 14 on yeah. this list. No, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um, number 13 for me, which again, was ended up ranking a little lower than I expected, but but I think it's just because there are other movies by yes. the same director that I really like, and that's Great Expectations. Oh, yes. It's a great movie, but not it necessarily is. compared to his other ones. Maybe it's shit compared to his other ones, but it's still a solid movie. I don't think it... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a not shit. wonderfully constructed movie. It's it just, it's, I mean, 13 is nothing to sneeze at, Jason. No, not at all. But my number 13, which is nothing to sneeze at, is uh, Whiskey Galore. Oh, wow. Which I liked clearly a lot more than you did. Um, I liked a it. a fun movie. It, it was, I did, again, I didn't dislike yeah. anything no, on this not. list completely. It was fine. It just felt like very... There's a spirit to it that reminds me of my home in Nova Scotia. I just thought... This probably doesn't need to be in the top 20. (laughs) I mean, I think we can agree on that. Absolutely. All right. uh, My number 12, as we start getting to the halfway mark, my number 12 was a movie um, that I thought was very charming and uh, dramatic and funny. And it was Brassed Off. Yes, Brassed Off is a fun movie for sure. Lots of great. Oh, man. Pete Postlewaite. You got to love that guy. And Carson from Downton Abbey. As always, Jim... uh, Carter. Jim, Jim Carter. Yes. Jim Carter. Jim Carter. They made a movie about him with that uh, Olympic uh, athlete. Yep. Kurt Angle. Twelve. So number twelve. Number twelve. Number twelve. After what was my last one? Whiskey, Whiskey galore. It'd be great expectations. At number twelve. Number twelve. Yeah. And David Lean, of course, and uh, the connection to South Park made me happy. And <laughs> Alec Guinness is young and virile. Not at all. I'm sure. With a, a raging erection, I imagine, for most of the production. Well, because yeah. Because he was young and virile. 
Well, yeah, that I mean, when we're young, we just have boners all, all the, the time. time. No, I, I've been there. I've been there. You don't want to get up in front of the class. <laughs> Number 11 for me is uh, another movie that, uh, from the director of uh, one of the best films ever made, Zardoz. Uh, <laughs> Hope and Glory. Ow, ow. Fine portrait of life during a war. Indeed, and a very, um, a very unique POV for those types of movies. You know, war movies can get a bit repetitive, so it's nice to see a little difference. Absolutely. Uh, my next movie is A Hard Day's Night. At 11? At 11. The Beatles in their prime, having fun, singing songs, making ladies blush, having ladies chase them down, trying to rape them. It's a good time. Oh, oh, the ladies turned. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. No, no, no. They weren't trying to rape anyone. They didn't need to try. They just let, had to let them come. So to speak. <laughs> Terrible. Number 10. Number 10 for me is the Michael Caine Alfie. Alfie. What's it all about as you ride it on the board? What is your t- number what 10? What is Alfie all about? Well, uh, you start out with Michael <laughs> Caine. And Please, he's riding a motorcycle. You, if only you could have some sort of an audio hyperlink to our episode. <laughs> You could just be like, okay, listen to that. And then it just would inject it right now and you could listen to it. HTTPS colon backslash backslash <laughs> four screen and country dot podbean dot com slash dot sex. Alfie? Oh. <laughs> yeah, dot sex. Dot sex. Slash rave. So, uh, number yeah. Number 10. So speaking of sex, my next movie is Gregory's Girl. At number 10. Just because a bunch of teenage boys watch a lady take her shirt off through a window and that's worthy of number 10. A very charming movie. Absolutely. Um, that really goes in a direction you don't expect. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's cool. It's it's like 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 we said, like local hero in that it's Scottish, but also in that it's this kind of smaller story about you know a rural esque community, like a smaller community and, and a rural juror. Yeah. Had having come from that smaller type of community, it resonated with me. Well, Jason, um, I'm. Pretty much on board with you, because my number nine pick is Gregory's Girl. Gregory's Girl, hey, back in the mix. Still in the mix. Out of the mix. It's on the list now. That's right. You have been immortalized, Gregory's Girl, at number nine on Brennan's list. You're welcome, John Gordon Sinclair. But number nine on my list goes to one already on your list, which is Hope and Glory. Oh. Which I really liked as a fan of war. (laughs) Just, just big war fan. Just the fact that people are dying. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. The fact that people are dying. There's chaos. There's fires. It's a lot of fun. It's like a camping trip uh, with extra excitement. You could almost say those fires were started. You could say that. Yeah, I mean, the, you have to. And then, like, but then you have to happened. say that they were then put out by the the heroic, gasoline. The heroic men and women of the auxiliary fire service. How dare you? It was put out by gasoline. We all know that. <laughs> you have to dump a lot of gasoline on it to put it out. My number eight pick is one of the two Butler dramas on this mm. list, The Remains of the Day. Anthony Hopkins in fine form, Emma Thompson also in fine form, James Fox being as British as he can be, even in his love of the Germans, and that's why my number eight movie is also The Remains of the Day. Wow, there you go. This movie that I think I, I once was aware of thanks to like a Simpsons joke, and then it finally became manifest in my mind after seeing it and realizing, oh no, it's a really good movie. Jason, I'm, I've been noticing going through these episodes every every 20 movies is our cycles are starting to sync. Yeah. <laughs> like more and more, our lists are getting similar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the end of it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> All right. We're getting into We're getting into the... This is, uh, we're at the point now where this is like, okay, these are the big The top heavy seven. Hitters. This is some serious shit, as Doc Brown might say. <laughs> Honestly, for me, it really starts getting good at 10. 
but this is this is a big one. This is number seven for me is The Day of the Jackal. Ooh, with Edward Fox, my man. Mm-hmm. Saving the life of Charles de Gaulle. Uh, I don't know if you watched the right the movie correctly. <laughs> no, he was trying to save his life, right? And he did. Ultimately, he was a hero. Jason. He saved his life. He didn't shoot him. Jason, so. no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who tried to send uh, anthrax to CNN? Yeah, he was he's a hero. He was a hero. He didn't do yeah. it. <laughs> Day of the Jackal. Great movie. But my number seven, seven is uh, a movie that is quite entertaining. Uh, Brassed Off. Nice and high on the list. Pete Bosselwaith again. Worth it there. The man is wonderful. That speech he makes that was then in that song by Chumbawamba is great. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. That should have actually gotten the musical. <laughs> yeah, that really should have, should have kicked off the montage. <laughs> but you'll know for uh, the next time you have any sort of Pete Postlewaite, the reference that you can use that. Well, there's another Pete Postlewaite uh, movie coming up, so there you go. There we go. My number six, Jason. Number six was in a movie you put back a little bit, a few spots here. Um, a Hard Day's Night. Yes. Wow, you really like that one more than I did. Yeah. It's a fun movie. I just think it's so... I just think it's so innovative. It did do a lot of neat stuff and kind of set the set the stage for future music videos and, and films about music. <laughs> and that's why my pick is the music video Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> my pick is Angels in the Outfield. Random movie. No, my next movie, Rookie number six. of the Year. <laughs> classic that uh, uh he could really whip a ball kid in king arthur's court my number six that i really loved because i didn't expect that i would like it as much as i did uh, was the servant okay great great work between dirk bogard and uh, uh james fox and also the efforts of sarah miles miles so she's also gorgeous she is gorgeous in that movie yeah. right and she's that scene where she puts her feet on the guy and it's like, that's as, as sexy as you could get in the 60s. It's, a pretty, se- a, it's a pretty sexy movie, yeah, honestly. it's a pretty sexy movie, for sure. Um, sexier than some movies I've seen with full-blown nudity in it. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yes. Mm. Number five for me, Jason, yeah. is the other Butler movie, The Servant. Servant. There we go. Hey. One higher than me. Mm-hmm. You liked it one better. All right, these are the top five we're, top getting, five, we're at now. Yes, What's absolutely. your number, number five. five? My number five is Alfie. Oh, Wow. Yes, Alfie's, uh, the Michael Caine performance in that movie is fantastic, and uh, uh, even though it's a weirdly out-of-date movie, it's also still really good and worth watching. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be that high yeah. on your list. Me neither, and there it is. <laughs> uh, number four for me is a movie that you ranked a lot lower, mm-hmm. and it's The Red Shoes. The Red Shoes. No, and I, I get it, I get it, because this movie is a stunningly made movie. As we've seen from Powell and Pressburger, they know what they're doing. I love... I love the red shoes. I love everything about it. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. Number four. Number four. Uh, so my number four is uh, Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday. Which okay. Fantastic gangster movie. Bob Hoskins giving a performance of a lifetime. And I mean, as much as we liked uh, that other movie he was in, um, which I can't Mona remember. Lisa? Mona Lisa. This, I would say Long Good Friday is even better. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm on board with that. And I also, like, before watching it, I figured, like, I actually thought Long Good Friday was going to be the inferior one to the... To, yeah, because I'd heard Mona of Mona Lisa, Lisa before, but yeah. not The Long Good Friday. But then I was like, man, it's really high on the list. It could yeah. be amazing. And it, it is. And it really is, good. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, my number three is Long Good Friday. Hey, there we go. It is a long good movie. It's not even that long, really. It's like an hour and 50? Yeah, that's not too long. If it was like four hours long, they'd be like, yeah, that name's appropriate. Yeah. 
du- the Long Good Dust Boot. What, what, they should call it Colonel Blimp in the Long Good Friday. <laughs> You'll be very confused. Okay. All right. Just now, you mentioned it before off air. You said the next three movies yes, you're going to read. This was a very, very difficult uh, assembly of movies for me to yeah. put in order, and I struggled with it. But I have come to a conclusion, and so my number three movie is A Matter of Life and Death. Okay. Which, I, like I say, I've, it's come up a lot. I enjoyed it substantially, and I can't recommend it enough to anybody who will listen to watch it. All right, well, we're at the last two. We are at the last two. And my second favorite yes. out of all of this is Brief Encounter. Brief Encounter. Wonderful. There's a... Uh, as, as I said, a movie that feels so genuine and, and a movie that could so easily have been an old-time, sappy, sentimentalist, fucking just the worst type of, like, Saturday afternoon bullshit. Yeah. And it transcends that in so many ways. And, and, and again, a, a it's... a stone-cold classic. It's a movie where I see, oh, David Lean's doing a role, like a, like a very, seems like a very quiet, small mm. cast romance movie. I'm yeah. like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And then it just fucking blew me away. Shows his uh, uh, versatility. Which you don't think of when you yeah. think of David Lean. You yeah, you think, think of, of the epic, you know, epic war movies. And you think of like Bridge, that. you think of Lawrence, you might even think of Passage to India. Or Dr. Zhivago. Or Dr. Zhivago. You do not think of stuff like Great Expectations no. and Brief Encounter, which is nice that we're getting to see that side of him. Yeah, absolutely. And that is why Brief Encounter is also my number two movie. And now here we are, Brendan. We've made it to the end of it. We got two more movies. The top movies of our lists, Brendan. My number one movie is Powell and Pressburger classic, A Matter of Life and Death, which might also be my number one movie in the whole list right now. Yeah, it, it is definitely up there. Uh, uh, I, I, like I say, I struggle with these three movies, so that's why I... Um, and your number I one see. pick, my, you're going back and erasing an earlier one, it's Whiskey Galore. Whiskey Galore, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, my number one pick, this movie just, whatever reason, I don't know why it stood out to me, probably because of its uh, acting and, and its lead, uh, is uh, The Day of the Jackal, Ooh. starring Edward Fox, is my number one movie of the last 20 movies we have watched. Wow. Uh, that is a classic political thriller, the type of movie that is just not really made anymore in the same way. I mean, maybe something like Spy Game might be close to that. I, I haven't seen Spy Game in years. It was a Spy Kids. Yeah, Spy Kids. Yeah, absolutely. Antonio Banderas is exactly me. like Edward Fox. <laughs> so, damn. There it is. Let's take a picture. So, well, let's, let's take a look at this here for a second, Jason. This is our this is our rankings. Um, some similarities, honestly. Well, let's see. We can see we, we both ranked Saturday night and Sunday morning at 17. Yeah. We both ranked Great Expectations. Well, no, that's a 12 and 13. What are the, well, there's one more that we had exactly the same. I mean, Chariots of Fire is pretty close. Remains of the Day. Remains of the Day, exact eight. same number. Um, Long Good Friday at three. No, that's a four for me. Honestly, the only big ones are the Red Shoes. Red Shoes, yeah, is a big difference. <laughs> Which you have me. at 19, yep. and I have at four. Yep. <laughs> that's a big, big divide. <laughs> big, big gap there. Uh, but honestly, like it looks like we, I, Alfie, I guess I have it ten and you have it five. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised I ranked it higher than you. I, yeah. I, I honestly am too. Yeah. I thought it was going to be very high on my list, but then there was just other stuff that mm. came in that I was like, I got to rank it over this. But yeah. I mean, ten is good. Ten is great. Um, again, I didn't dislike any any of the movies. There was no English patient among the bunch. No, here. no, nothing like that. Um, even Whiskey Galore, my bottom pick was just like. It was okay. It was yeah, fine. it was entertaining enough. Yeah, it was good, like, 80 minutes. Um, 
Saturday night and Sunday morning, you said we ranked the same. I say the only reason Lady Killer's on the bottom is because I was pretty much bored by it. But no, none of the other movies kind of bored me in the same way. Yeah. And even Red Shoes, which I was mostly bored with just because I didn't really like the story. Uh, I was still, it is a, it's still worth watching. It I mean, it's a fascinating beautiful. movie. It's a fucking stunning movie. Brassed Off is a little bit different. Yeah. You have it seven, I have it 12. Um... I love a British ensemble comedy. What can I say? Gregory's Girls, pretty close. Remains of the Day is the same. Day of the Jackal, I have at seven, and you have as your winner. Yep. And Matter of Life or Death, I had a, I was my winner, and you had it number three. And so. like I said, with, with the struggle that I was having with those top three movies, either one, of, any three of them could be number one. And I, it would be valid as valid. I would I would argue I probably struggled a lot with my top four. Yeah. I I but but as soon as Matter of Life and Death came in, yeah. I was like, you know what? I love Red Shoes, but this is my favorite. Like that's that is definitely the best Pal and Pressburger movie we've watched so far. Although yeah. Colonel Blimp is still to come, so still to come could end up number one next time. That's right. So yeah, Brief Encounter and Brief Encounter, we both had it too. Yeah. I I figured that was going to happen. I thought it. I thought that that almost became my number one. Isn't so. it number two on the actual list? I <laughs> I believe so. That doesn't mean it'll be number two on our finalists. No, um, but I all—I was going to say I almost put that at number one. For the longest time, I had it at number one. It is number two on the original list. Yeah. Um, but then Matter of Life and Death came along, and I was like, hey, I got I to put it a little got bit it. higher. So good. But yeah, just a really good collection of 20 movies. So I shudder to think... Yeah, what's what are coming? Next 20 Carry on up the Kyber, baby. Oh, if we could just start with that. Oh, that would that'd be, be great. Fantastic. I actually have to go grab the dice. Well, while Brendan is grabbing the dice, I just want to bring you a message today. And I'm going to pee, too. And he's going to pee. I just want to bring you a message on behalf of the Air Nation Council. Folks, when you're out there, you're doing your day, your life, you're living things, sometimes it hits you right in the bladder. You got to go. But what do you do? Do you hold it? Or do you find a bathroom? Do you find a patch of soil? That's what you do. You relieve yourself. Because holding in your pee, that's not good for you. It's not good for your morale. It'll make you depressed. So folks, what I'm saying is, get out there and urinate. Just do it, it's good for you. Find a corner, get away from people. I mean, I'm not saying just pee in public. Don't, don't, don't just do that. Find a snowbank, find a pile of dirt. And just let it rip. Because it's good for the environment. So on behalf of the Urination Council, this is me, Jason, for Screen and Country, saying get out there and take a pee. Brendan has returned, ladies and gentlemen, and now it is time for us to determine, as we return to the list, what our next movie will be. And how do we go about doing that, Brendan? Well, we roll the dice. Oh my god! And the dice will indicate... The next number on the BFI Top 100. This is the hand of eternity that is determining what our next movie will be. Right, because that number will coincide with the name of the movie. That is that number on the list. Yes, sir. And this will start out our next 20 movies. And when we get to the end of this part, Jason, we will have covered 80 movies. That's crazy. That's crazy. We're at 60 right now. That's, that's a 60, lot of movies. 61st movie. That's more movies. Somebody's, you're, you know, you're just going to, I hope, Jason, after we get through this list, that you just tell someone randomly, one time I watched the, all the movies on the British Film Institute Top 100 <laughs> British Films list. Because, that would be, it'd be a good way, uh, uh, if, if, if I was in the dating market, that would be a great opening line. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I just, will, t- I want to say though, just as an anecdote. In, Insta-wet. 
I have to I have to make, tell an anecdote to our audience before we move on to okay. this as part of this special episode. Yes. That this movie or this podcast has been enriching to me in many ways. However, and I don't think I talked about this on the podcast, and if I did, you can stop me and cut this out. But uh, I was watching uh, Rick and Morty. So I was watching an episode near the end of the fourth season of Rick and Morty, and there's a character in the episode that's dying. And as the character is dying, they say to themselves, I didn't think I would die this way. Well, actually, they, they say this to the person who is killing them. He says, I didn't think I would die this way. This isn't Venice, and you're not a midget in a raincoat. And I laughed so hard. And the only reason I know that reference is because we watched Don't Look Now on this podcast and saw that movie with its insane, weird midget in a, in a red raincoat. I just hope, Jason, that I can add to your rich Dennis Miller-like, uh, uh, you know, a barrel baby. full of inside Absolutely. weird, deep references. Well, I love it. And and to, before that, the, the the only reference that hit me quite as hard as that was a, a similar one where I had literally gotten that knowledge like a few weeks before, uh, where I had been watching Venture Brothers, and they made some reference to a Henry Darger novel, and without getting into that fucking hole. That made me laugh really hard. So look, look up Henry Jarger. He's a fascinating character. There you go. But, uh, but, but with that said, now's the time when the Hand of Fate intervenes mm-hmm. and we figure out what the next movie is we're going to watch. Uh, Manos the Hand of Fate? Manos the Hand of Fate will intervene on our behalf. This is going to take, take 30 seconds, but it's going to seem like it lasts nine hours. So after much off-the-air discussion, we finally figured out, because we never uh, prepare for this. This is nine hours after we last talked to you. (laughs) So we are both drunk as fuck. baby. Uh, But no, it is my roll, Jason. It is my roll. All right. So I am going to roll the dice. I have a 10's d10, a green one, and a 1's d10, a red one, because it's Christmas time. That's right. And we're going to see what movie we're going to start out our next batch of 20 with. On, carry on. All right, we're in the zeros. Ooh. We're one to nine here. Well, there's not a whole lot there, but... Four. We already watched the 39 steps. All right, well, we can watch it again. That's fine. It's a good movie. Okay, we're in the 80s. 80s? All right. A few oh, in there. A few. 84. Educating Rita, 1983, Lewis Gilbert. Don't know anything about it. Michael Caine. Oh. And the same director as Alfie. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there we go. Should be interesting. Educating Rita. I'm assuming if this is an older movie, much the answer is dot, dot, dot with misogyny. It's possible. Well, it's 1983. That was the year I was born. That was 30, well, it'd be 37 years in November, so. Yeah. yeah. You're an old man. I am. But yeah, we're going to talk about a way to give out your, uh, now your identity is going to get stolen. They don't know the specifics, but I'm pretty sure they can find them out pretty easily. Educating Rita. Educating Rita. 1983. Michael Caine. Lewis Gilbert. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're starting out with you know I do like that we're starting out with something feels like a little lighter. Yeah, hope so. <laughs> not, not something like I don't want to start out with like I don't know the life and death of Colonel Blimp. That would have been a out of the gate big one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do that next week. Uh, educating Rita, check us out. Uh, you can find us all over social media on Facebook at for screen. Just just search for for screen and, and con- country. Thank you. I want to do that again. And you can find us all over social media. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search for For Screen. And Contre. You can find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can find Jason at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Come on by. Say hello. Sit down a spell and uh, have some of the stew. He might give you an award for best British tweeter. That's very possible. If I encounter some British tweeters I like and I do follow people like 
Jimmy Carr. Now, when you say encounter, uh, would this be a brief encounter? The briefest, my friend. Uh, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is that I will orgasm very quickly. Uh, oh. Yeah. Just like the movie, Brief Encounter. That's what that whole movie was about. That doctor just came so fast. <laughs> you guys didn't see the director's cut. You don't know. Um, we'll talk about that on a future episode. That's right. <laughs> but until next week, I just have to say to you, Jason, God save the queen. God save the screen? For screen and country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Bye. See ya, I guess. Awards! I've got so many awards! Awards are for people who do stuff that makes us all feel like our lives are a waste of time.